310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field. We don't want to catch average. We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody, to Buckeye Bar Guys here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm Mike. And I'm John. We're recording today, Saturday, May 15th, 2021. Beautiful day here in Northeast Ohio. How are you doing today, John? Good. Happy br- birthday to our cousin, Scott. Yeah. Shout out to you, Scott. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm good. I mean, we've been a while since we've done this, but no, it's a beautiful day so far. A little bit later than our normal recording time because, you know, playing outside and everything. So yep. good day. Uh, yep. So we're, uh, like I said, we've been, it's been a minute. Uh, had some uh, personal issues with some, uh, you know, Little sicknesses here and there. Little Everybody, me, everybody's yeah. healthy, but uh, it just took a lot to get uh, through that. And you know, little, yeah, little man was sick, uh, cut in a couple teeth at the same time, ear infection, and so it was just it was a really miserable week. So yeah. there wasn't really any time not to be watching him. Yeah. Um. All right. So uh, got a few things. Uh, get a couple's. Not a lot of stuff has been going on, which is kind of a good thing because we're a little bit be behind uh, <laughs> with stuff, but. We'd still have a couple weeks worth of uh, news and stuff we want to get through. So um, first we'll talk about uh, just some of the players that have uh, left the program and just a couple, just a couple thoughts that we have. Uh, so the last time we did a show, we talked about uh, uh, Jamison Williams leaving and uh, wasn't, was there someone else in the portal too, or was it just him? No, there was somebody else. I can't Cause think. Cause I, I had said, I talked about Mookie. But that was, I mean, that was at the end of the year because yeah. I, I had mentioned both of them. Yeah, there was somebody else in there. Yeah, there or maybe no, Desai McCullough decommitted. Yeah, decommitted. Okay, so yeah, so um, we did talk about Jamison Williams. There was uh, he's picked a school, so we'll discuss that. And uh, Tyreek Johnson, um, cornerback, we've had a lot of hope for. We but we've talked a lot about you know that he just never has really kind of found his groove. Yeah in Columbus. Um, so he's entered the transfer portal. Not really a surprise. Uh, a lot of hype behind him coming out of high school. I really wish he would have, uh, found the field and found some playing time. We could have used him, the you know, transition from that five-star high school athlete to, you know, a cornerback that could get on the field and, uh, show what he has. If, uh, he just never could get there. And, uh, right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, it wasn't a surprise. I mean, I think me and you feel the same way on that one, but, uh, it just, it just never happened. I mean, like we, I think we both thought it for a while. I think a lot of Buckeye fans have thought it, you know, if there were a couple people that were going to transfer this year, I mean, obviously I think your linebackers, if someone younger than them beat them out, that was going to be kind of like a no brainer that one of those guys would go. Um, someone in the running back room was a big possibility. Someone in the receiver room, yep. which happened, maybe not the guy that, you know, some of us thought, um, that happened. And then Tyreek Johnson, I mean, it wasn't even like someone in the secondary. It was like Tyreek Johnson would be the guy, maybe Marcus Hooker, if he gets beat out, but he has his own things going on. Um, Tyreek, I mean, he came in as a five star. I think maybe they should have tried to groom him to be a safety to begin with. He was a bigger corner. I think he was projected to be a safety, you know, with the initial rankings. And then 
he said he wanted to be a corner and then they tried to keep him as a corner. And I don't know, maybe Tabor Johnson that first year. I mean, he obviously, he didn't, he didn't do any help for himself recruiting people, or at least he didn't do any help for I, Ohio state recruiting, but maybe as far as a developmental standpoint, I do think that's actually when we really come back, I, I think, and I think the secondary is going to end up being better this year than it was last yeah. year. I think a lot of, we're seeing just a lot of uh, going from, I think a lot of the issues that we saw last year is just literally it was Taver to Halfley to Combs and, you know. And not Taver not getting any recruits and not that getting year any, that he was Yeah, here. and, you know, them not really bringing in a decent amount of recruits. So we were thin, and they just have been uh, – all three of those guys just have a – I mean, you know, Taver under, you know – Trussell's mindset was much different with corners, and I think that's how he kind of wanted to teach the corners. Combs is a little different than Halfley. Halfley sure. And so I think just three cornerback, co- three secondary coaches in three years kind of just did this number on, uh, and then not that one year just not having anybody that could play. Well, and you know, like, in, and I know it's not necessarily corners, it's more so like secondary, but when Meyer left, you know, Jordan Battle, you lost him because of that and then Halfley left and I can't think of the kid's name and I from that went, ended up going to Utah though yeah. so you had a zero class for corners in 18 and then you had a really thin class for corners yeah. when you you know coming off of a zero class because Halfley gets what three yeah I think so so and one was I mean one's a project I think Cameron Martinez is one of those guys and I don't even know. Did he ever actually play quarterback in high school? I don't think he did. I think yeah. he was like the quarterback. I think he was yeah. an offensive player. Just that's where he projected. So and that kid out of California, that's the one that ended up going to Utah, right? That, yeah, and I can't think of his name. Yeah, <laughs> but he was a big time. Yeah, uh, it was recruit, and it's like James Clark. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> I'm like, gonna feel. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna stop taking guesses. So you know, you had you had these weak classes, and but Tyreek, and that's definitely like a five star guy. He should have been able to kind of seize that opportunity, yeah. you know, that when Tabor gets nobody and then Halfley doesn't get many people and none of these guys are ranked anywhere near what he's ranked. Yeah. If he should have been able to get on the field. So maybe that first year of development under Tabor just didn't go very well and he got, you know, a little bit behind behind. Yeah. And it is what it is. I mean, I think that was just he was just one guy that was pretty obvious that, you know, if someone doesn't really start making their move, he's he'll tramp. Yeah. Um. All right. So Jamison Williams. So we, you know, we discussed him leaving. Um. I kind of said that. You know, it wasn't. It's never. That wasn't a surprise to me. He was leaving. I always kind of felt like he was the guy in the in the receiver room that would leave yeah. to me, just because I always felt that. Uh, I felt he would have been passed over last year if they had a if they had a true off season. I felt that that freshman class, and I like Jamison. He's uh a good receiver. He is the perfect type of the receiver to have in this offense, but he's kind of more of a decoy than he is anything. And mm-hmm. that's how they used him. And, you know, maybe he'll end up, you know, showing himself better in Alabama and, you know, best of the wishes to him. He, that's where he ended up choosing. It was Alabama. Um, Alabama loves those fast guys that yeah. can outrun everybody that they can throw the ball 50 so yards down like, the field too. You know, and where Ohio state, I think he was more used as a decoy. It was kind of, you know, the clear safeties out so you get, you know, where Ohio State's very deadly with. 
is get Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave with one-on-one matchups. Get where, in space. You know, and overall, they're the better receivers. I oh, mean, sure, I yeah. We've seen enough of that. I mean, Jameson Williams' dad might disagree a little bit with that, uh, but, you know. I mean, as far as Jameson goes, I was, and I know you said, like, out of the group, you would see him, and I maybe I could agree with that because he was a little bit older than the other guys, you know, that we, even though Mookie's gone already, but the thing with him is he does have that special skill set that you still know he would have got good playing time at Ohio State this year. It's not like he would have just not seen the field. Like he still would have got good playing time. He's still a top six receiver on the roster. Um, but I mean, if you want to be showcased somewhere, that wasn't going to happen in Ohio State. No, and I think and it's kind of like the perfect timing at Alabama. You know, if he gets on the field right away, yeah. he kind of struck at the perfect time to go. Yeah, I mean, I think we uh, we also saw during the, I think we mentioned this on our last show. We saw it on the spring game. It, why it just didn't surprise me neither is that I just think some of that talent on the roster is better than him. Yeah, and it started actually showing. And you know, they have with uh a mecca now you know that came in this year so now they have options where they can move wilson to the outside and you have you know jsn and uh, buka can easily play in the slot yeah. you know marvin harrison jr looks like he's uh, gonna be a freak on the outside so they can move wilson back into the inside and have you know somebody like him uh i mean we'll see how julian fleming's health uh how he uh how healthy he can get, but I, I still think he's a playmaker. I liked what I saw at the end of the year. I think he can do better. I, I felt like he, from just like a little bit we saw last year, he was a better route runner than uh, Jamison. And, you know, so on the, a lot of the stuff that they like to do. And so, I, I mean, to me, it was just, I, I felt like it was going to happen. It was going to be him just because he will eventually want to try to get out of the shadows and try to get on an NFL roster. And he's getting into that point now where, you know, mm-hmm. he's looking at the next level. And I just didn't think the next level, he was going to have a hard time showcasing himself. I mean, would he get drafted from Ohio state? Yeah. But I just don't think he uh, was going to get into a day one or possibly even a day two situation. You know, I mean, I don't think he was ever going to get to a day one, but he would have, I think at a place like somewhere else where maybe he could get playing time, he could easily be a higher day two, like a second round guy over a third round guy. But, you know, if he stayed at Ohio State, I mean, I think he would have been a day three guy just because it's just I don't think he would have got the reps. And, you know, you know what a lot in uh, Wilson is. So they're going to get their opportunities and everybody else is really going to be pushing for that third spot. And he's going to be in that rotation. I just don't think he was going to get the reps yeah. this year to become a day two type of guy. And I, I mean, with Alabama, who knows? Maybe he can push for late round one. You never know. I mean, mm. he's got the speed. He will be showcased in Alabama's off. Yeah. They're going to if they'll find a way to get him the ball. He's going to be fine. Over there. Yeah. And, and even with Alabama, even though they, they throw the ball a lot more than they used to, you know, I mean, they are still. Nick Saban's offense has really always been it's it's adapted some, but it's been, you know, now that he's brought in some better offensive coordinators, they have adapted it a little bit that, you know, it's but it's still it's run the ball and then throw the ball down the field. Yeah. And so that's, you know, when you think of guys like, you know, Devante and Waddle and, you know, these guys, I mean, even. Devante, they did a little bit more different things with, but a lot of times it was still just take the top off. And well, uh, I mean, that was for sure Waddle. Yeah. I mean, it just run, run past everybody. And 
I mean, Jalen Waddle would have won the Heisman Trophy over Devontae Smith if he doesn't break his ankle. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think uh, it's a good move for Jamison. Uh, so, I mean, and you know, I had it all, I had a lot of this wrote down when we were talking about doing the show last week, but then, you know, all that got pushed back and I ended up losing it. But Jamison Williams' dad, so I'm, I'm, we're not going to get too much into specifics because I don't want to misquote anything. And yeah. So, you know, he had some comments to say on, and part of it's being a father. And, you know, obviously he feels like, I don't think he feels like his son got the appropriate opportunities in Columbus. Um, and I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I, I get you're a father and you're sticking up for your kid and you're saying your kid's the best one on the field. I mean, I'm sure I'll be there at some point in my life and I'll probably be guilty of the same thing. But it's like, you know, just because they're telling Jameson that, hey, you know, Chris and Garrett are our guys. You don't fit in the slot. So you're definitely going to be second team. You're, you know, you're going to get less reps than you did last year. That's not like you got to take the high ground. That's yeah. not an excuse like to attack coaches, attack, you know, players saying that they fumble more than your son does. And yeah, just what I mean, your son's going to Alabama. Like, yeah, exactly. They win every other year. Like, that's awesome. Be happy for him. Yeah. Like, just take the high ground and shut up. Move on. Like, and no one from what I saw in there, everyone's, oh, you know, Ohio State fans. There, there's no grace. They're attacking him for leaving. All I saw were the best wishes for him from our fan yeah. base. You know, and I'm sure a lot of people were like, oh, man, he's going to Alabama. Like, we're probably going to have to play him sometime in the playoff or something like that. You know, you'd rather him go to a school that he's not going to be at the chance. Like, at the end of the day, he's going to be someone that's going to yeah. score a touchdown and beat you. But you be happy for him. He's going to the best huh. program, one of them in America. Yeah, like you said, too, I've seen that. Uh, I saw that. uh some of them saying that, you know, attacking Ohio State fans. And and some of that I don't get. I mean, first of all, every fan base has their bad apples. I'm sure somebody did say something crappy to him. And I'm sure somebody said something crappy to him after his dad, you know, started saying yeah. some stuff. I mean, I get it. And it happens. And I've always been one of those ones to, to, you know, Buckeye fans, don't be that guy. I don't like to associate with those guys. I mean, if we see them on Twitter, you know, we Either A, we say something to them, or B, we just, you know, block them or whatever. Ignore them, right. Yeah. You know, I don't like fans like that. Every fan base has those guys. Ohio State's no different. You know, I think we follow a good variety of Ohio State fans on, you know, that have all kinds of different perspectives and political beliefs and religious beliefs and all that stuff. And I saw a lot of, you know, wish him the best, wish him the best. Just like any of these guys. I saw it the other day with Tyreek Johnson. You know, none of these guys. I mean, we all I mean, we all get so heavily involved in Ohio State. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, in kind of a weird way of saying it. I mean, these are kind of like I mean, you you follow them so much through recruiting and all these kids that you think they're like family members. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's just the fan. I mean, remember, fan is a short word for fanatic. And, you know, so, I mean, that's just the fans and all of us. So that's what you always see with these guys is that most of these fans, I mean, they do grow up rooting for these kids because, you know, I mean, you grew up rooting for them. And when they're seniors and juniors in high schools and you know, the Ohio state's got a good shot about it. Yeah. They, yeah. they follow them really closely and, you know, and then, yeah, you do. I mean, they're part of the brotherhood and you know, the fans, they think they're part of the brotherhood too. And so you, you can't be heartbroken though. When a kid makes a life decision, yeah, exactly. like that's just, get over yourself but there wasn't like 
I didn't see a lot of it going on. I'm sure there was plenty of jerks that were like, oh, you're going to Alabama. You're not, you're not putting in any effort. You're a quitter. You know how they, they always are. I mean, I know what they say. They say they quit or they owe their scholarship money back or some other nonsense. I mean, they, that they, people said that about Nick Bosa and like, you know, people I mean, said that about JK Dobbins yeah. that he owed the school money because he didn't come back for a yeah. fourth year. Like, there are nut jobs out there in any fan base. Ohio State is no, you know, difference from that. Yeah. But the majority of people wish Jameson luck. They wish Tyreek luck. And, you know, Jamo's dad, he should have taken the high ground on yeah, that. Exactly. Um, all right. So moving off of uh, some of the just the players, uh, and, you know, those won't be the last guys to hit the transfer portal either. I mean, we get used to this stuff. This is a competitive roster now. I mean, and it's transfers extremely... are becoming more competitive too. Yes, and uh, and now that you know, it seems like the NCAA has officially you know embraced. I think it still has to go through the full university vote, but they're going to embrace you know that everybody gets a one time uh you know transfer portal thing without them having to go through any uh you know the NCAA approval yeah. uh, do they won't have to sit out a year. Um, so, you know, that's coming, but so, I mean, we won't see this, this won't be the last one. We're going to see a couple more here before, probably before we get to fall. And uh, it just uh, comes with the territory nowadays. So just got to get used to it. Um, scheduling. So Fox, you know, they came out this week and they said uh, they've kind of listed now some of the games that they've taken. Um, they announced that they are taking the Minnesota game. Good. Uh, that's the Thursday night game. So we know Minnesota will be Thursday night on Fox. And it said Fox took it. So it doesn't sound like it's going to be an FS1 game. It sounds like it's going to be, they're going to put it on Fox Thursday. Uh, yeah. I figure Ohio State, you know, national runner up. They'll get the yeah. main crew out there for yeah, day for, one for a Thursday night Fox game. So that's cool. Um, Everybody figured Michigan is going to be a noon game. They officially made yeah. that announcement that it was a noon game. Now, for a lot of a lot of bitterness from a lot of the the Ohio State faithful, and I agree with it to a point. I I kind of agree with Fox's point too on it. Um, that so they've decided to make Oregon the noon game. Um, so that's big noon. Again, that's a, that's. An, so Fox, several years ago, Fox made a decision um, that their big game is going to be noon. Everybody knows CBS's big game is the SEC game at 3.30. ESPN always has a big marquee matchup at nighttime. So, yeah. you know, instead of putting games up and trying to split TV audiences up, you know, they decided their big their big game will be at noon. Um, now, a lot of people thought that was crazy. You know, why wouldn't you put your game up at four or put it at eight and, you know, thing, but the last, the, the, I mean, last year's numbers were a little down, but before that, the numbers were, I mean, their numbers have proved it. And when they have a marquee matchup up there, their numbers have been like Ohio state has done just as well on noon than better than the eight o'clock games in the same weeks. And they've actually been up some big games. I mean, wow. there was a, an LSU Florida game where they crushed the one year and, you know, so like, Fox is, it's not a bad move by Fox to do that. They know they have the open time slot. They know ESPN puts a lot of their weaker games earlier in the day because they have their better games at night. Right. So, you know, Fox been like, Hey, a lot of these fans are watching football all day long to begin with. Well, let's put our best game on at noon, whether that's Ohio state or Oklahoma, it usually seems like it's one or the other, but you're going to draw those people that are watching kind of just like 
watching football to watch football because they love football. Yeah. You know, you're going to draw them into your game. Yeah. So, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, there's yeah. why wouldn't you do that? And I get like, oh, it should be a primetime game. But if you, you got to look at it at Fox's standpoint, why am I competing with some marquee game that ESPN has that, you know, there's a possibility, even though Ohio State probably crushes the game at the same time slot, you're still losing viewership because of it. Whereas yeah. you're going to get so many people that are going to watch that noon game. Yeah, and so you're getting a, a much more general audience. Plus, you know, if it's a big fan base team, Ohio State, a Penn State, a uh, Oklahoma, Texas, mm-hmm. which that seems like that's the big four, you know, Michigan's in there too. You know, it's a one of those big fan base schools. So you're going to get them are automatically watching the game. I mean, nobody's I mean, people say, yeah, maybe I wish the Ohio State was playing later in the day. Every one of us are up at, you know, whatever time, you know, getting ready for our noon game. It's like, you know, some of us are up at six, uh, you know, I don't the, the I don't pre-game. know. I don't sleep much past six anymore anyways. But I mean, Ohio State Saturdays, I think I'm up usually like five thirty in the yeah. morning on those. Days. So uh, essentially when it's when it's a big game or it's you know, the first game, I mean, the thing that stinks is, you know, now that Thursday I'd be sitting at work you know, for that Minnesota game. And you're like, man, I want to, I might, I might have to take a couple of vacation days. Yeah. I might Thursday, have to, Thursday, Friday might have to be vacation days for me. Cause that's going to be too much to anticipate. Yeah. I might be trying to take Friday at least, but uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, so, but I, I get the fans point of view too. And so, and I, I kind of get, on the recruiting point of view too, you kind of now we've been to Ohio state games. I've been, I've never been to a night game at Ohio state, but I've been to a, I've seen them play Penn state. I've seen them play Michigan and I've seen them play a noon game against Kent state. So like, I know that uh, out of those three games, the bigger the matchup earlier, you, you usually do. So for Oregon, I think they'll be able to get a crowd there that is into the game and stuff like that. But there is a difference between the noon crowds in Columbus and the late night crowds in Columbus when we see the games on TV. It's, yeah. just, it's more electric. And, you know, you tend to get a little younger of an audience because at, at the games, uh, you know, a lot of the older season ticket, they don't like going to those games. And, I mean, I'm not getting into old versus young here. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you understand that. I mean, those, those games are very late for essentially, I mean, any more that game might be late for me. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. the older you get, you do, you start feeling that a little bit more. Um, but you do see the difference unless it's like a super, like they're playing Michigan at noon. You get that just that high intense crowd. You know, you don't always get that against other teams when they're playing them earlier in the day. So I, I get that point of view too. And you think about having recruits there. That's a big game to bring recruits to. And, you know, you don't want them to have to, you know, man, you know, Ohio Stadium is not that fun. Like, yeah. you know, you kind of want the the passion and all that stuff. But, I mean, I just, what's your opinion on it? I mean, I can see both sides of it on this one. I I mean, I think you just, Fox is smart for doing it. I think Ohio State plays well at noon. I mean, I put on Twitter, when was the last time they lost a noon game? It was, what, 2011 to Michigan, right? Yeah. So. Um, the crowd will be fine. I think Oregon will travel well enough that, you know, people will come out to go watch that. They, Oregon's one of those schools that have kind of like, um, what's the following I'm looking for? <laughs> kind of like a bandwagon following anyway. So yeah. you might have those types of people that, you know, come out for that. Um, and they got, there's, there's money within the Oregon program. So you're going to get some, you're going to get people that are going to travel. 
And, and I don't think Oregon's going to lie down and die there. So I think Ohio State, I don't think they're going to like blow the doors off of Ohio State. At least they shouldn't. So I think you're going to have people are going to be engaged. They realize it's going to be a big matchup. Yeah. You know, they, you got some big time players coming in for Oregon playing that is going to um, spark a lot of intrigue on in Ohio State fans. I think they're going to stay in the game for at least some point that go keep everyone engaged. So. Yeah, I think it's going to be fine being a new game. I can, I guess I can agree with the fact that, you know, recruits might not see Ohio State for as crazy as it could be, but recruits know Ohio State. They should at least like have some sort of idea, you know, what Ohio State's about. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, and, you know, I did see some people say this is, you know, this is, they're going to, you know, Fox is killing them for, you know, this is such a marquee matchup putting it up earlier in the day. And I, like I said earlier, I just don't like that argument because, you know, Fox has data now that proves that's, that's not true. Like, you know, yeah. Ohio, Fox is going to, that will probably be the best game of the day, you know, ratings wise. I don't know what else is up against it, but it will probably win the ratings wars. It will probably be the highest rated game of the, of the week. And they know that. Well, I, and I can't speak to everybody, but like, I mean, I can talk you or me and I'm guessing yourself, like Ohio state games. Is that the only college football game you watch on Saturday? Or do you watch more games? I watch more games. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we have, I watch games all night. Like I know the camera ain't spanning around here, but <laughs> you know, this basement down here where we're in is, uh, you know, it's got four TVs around us that, you know, they all have color. There was a reason why it was built that way. It was, <laughs> it was for football weekends, specifically college football right. Saturdays that, yeah. you know, and you get the enjoyment out of NFL Sunday too, but this is the main, really the only use you, a lot of the, I mean, we have other days, times where we have a lot of sports on, but outside the NCAA tournament, you don't always get to use all four TVs. Right. And so like, and I know a lot of people that maybe don't have this set up, but they bring like they got they bring two TVs into their they have their TV, they bring a second TV in, and then they're watching the third game on their computer. I had a I had in my I mean I have one TV in my living room at home. I set up a projector, I watch my iPad, and I got my main TV. So even I like I'll set up three you know things I can view in there. I'll put the projector up on my computer. Have the television, have my iPad next yeah. to me. And you're following other games on your cell phone. On my phone, phone. yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a lot of people. And you know, that's just, you know, yeah, like I said, and there's a lot of people that are turning in at noon and been like, Ohio State is on one of their, on a TV set. I mean, even if their team is on, they might be watching a game that somebody that they root for, but I guarantee there's some sort of second TV, whether that's a, a second screen, whether that's computer, phone, TV, projector, don't matter. That's also got Ohio State on. Right. And, you know, then there's those sadistic people out there that they're just turning on because they think Oregon's going to beat Ohio State. Yeah. You got those crazies out there, too. So, yeah. Yeah. It's the only reason why the Michigan fans are why. Plenty of yeah, there's plenty of people out there that they only turn on to see Ohio. It's State like why lose. Ohio State fans why we always watch Michigan games because you know we like to laugh at them. And, you know, look at that. We've gotten a lot more laughs than they have. Yeah, look at that stupidity. <laughs> Their laughs come in national championship games. If we lose a national championship game, our laughs come when they lose to you right. know Rutgers and <laughs> Rutgers is playing a game with them in the fourth quarter. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, Rutgers takes you to two overtimes. I'm, I'd much rather, well, I don't want to say I'd rather lose by 30 to Alabama, but 
I don't know. I think losing by 30 to Alabama and losing to Appalachian state are kind of, you know, same level. One's probably worse than the other. Yeah. Even if it was just within a field goal. Yeah. So, uh, but that's just my thoughts on the scheduling. Uh, just, I mean, I don't see the, the big deal necessarily in it on the Fox. Um, I get why Fox did it originally. I think I had a much bigger issue when Fox made that decision several years ago that their big game is going to be a noon game. And then I'm not being that bad. And then it seemed like now when you look at the the reasonings behind it and now they have, there's data to prove that they were correct that, you know, you can't argue with Fox. Fox has been like, yeah, this has been a proven method for us. So like, I mean, two years ago was Wisconsin or Penn state less enjoyable for you. No, I didn't think they were. And uh, I, most Buckeye games for whatever reason, maybe is I just like Gus and Joel a lot better than any, uh, anything, ESP, any crew, anything ESPN has to like, offer. Maybe I like the, I like those guys just that much better. That seems like I enjoy watching the games more on Fox. So. I mean, national title game, Wyatt Davis, who w- w- we might talk more about the draft here in a second. Wyatt Davis is rolling around on the ground, holding his knee. And Kirk Herbstreet's talking about Antoine Jackson being hurt. And then talking about the depth on the offensive line, I got, I don't know, was I think Herbie might have been on something that night because that whole thing was so good. Like I was screaming at my television, like it's Wyatt Davis because yeah. he kept saying Antoine Jackson, like he kept because they both wear fifty two, yeah. and I'm like, how don't you know what side of the ball they're on? Like yeah. what, the offense is out there, yeah. It was... And Fowler makes mistakes like nobody's business with uh, <laughs> some of the stuff he says. Like I mean, that's. Yeah, he don't like Ohio State, so. Yeah, so, uh, all right, so speaking of draft, let's get into the draft a little bit. Uh, all right. So, um, Justin Fields fell a little further than I thought. I uh, Yeah. But he didn't fall as far as a lot of people thought. Uh, I knew the minute the Bears came up. They were taking him. They were taking him. Uh, they weren't coming up to take Mac Jones. I knew that. From the minute it happened, I'm like, doesn't feel this playing here. Uh, nothing against Mac Jones. Teams don't trade up the draft a guy like Mac Jones. Where, no. You know, you know what you're getting with uh, Mac Jones. I'm sorry. He doesn't have, you know, his ceiling's already been reached. He, and that's not saying he might end up being a great NFL quarterback. I don't know. Um, it might work for him. He went, he's going to a very good team in the Patriots. They have a smart uh, offensive coordinator, Bill Belichick. Uh, you know, I don't know what him and his buddy Nick Saban drink out of <laughs> Alabama, but I mean, they're going to go down as the two best football coaches of all time. And, you know, right. so like, I know, Um, but when the Bears came up, I'm like, all right, Justin Fields is being taken here. I knew it from the minute that they I saw that they traded up and like, all right, Fields is going so at least he didn't fall any farther than that. I still think it was crazy that uh, the Niners took Trey Lance over him. And I get it. You fall in love with somebody. You think maybe maybe he's more moldable than Justin Fields. It's just everything that supposedly he does well. <laughs> Justin you know, Fields does well. Does well. And Justin Fields did it at a much higher level. And, and much more games. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Like, that was really confusing to me when like so i mean i there's so many similarities between the two of them except one of them did it at the highest level and one of them's doing it in division one double a and i'm not <laughs> talking bad about those schools i mean there's some big time players that come out of the lower divisions yeah. but justin fields has done it against much better competition 
Right. And that's <laughs> Justin Fields has done it against better competition. I mean, and it's like, it's the same stuff with Trey Lance does well. Justin Fields does well. And I mean, Justin Fields is a Heisman trophy finalist. Um, I just, yeah, I mean, I'm, I think we all just, we've just said this, but I just can't believe to me, it was like, it's everything Justin Fields does with, less than like half the actual experience that Justin Fields has. And it makes no sense to me. I mean, the guy is a project. Like I don't, I could understand saying like, well, Justin Fields, you know, has hit his ceiling. Not that great. Whatever. Trey Lance has a much higher ceiling. We're going to go with him. I just don't think how you could evaluate that way though. If you've seen these guys play, I mean, they're kind of like seem like the same player in senses. And Justin Fields is so far ahead of him. And has as much upside. So I don't know why you would risk on the project instead of the more proven guy. And, you know, and, and sometimes NFL teams do that stuff though. It's like when that whole debate is like, this guy has a higher ceiling, this guy than this guy. Like it makes me think back to like when the Browns drafted Baker, like when, and everybody's, well, Baker was the safe pick. And then really when you look back now at it, that, I mean, you can have maybe an argument with Lamar, but Lamar might have ended up being the second most safest pick than out of the quarterbacks. Like in those, those guys, sometimes it's just better to take the safer guy. And, yeah. you know, well, Josh Allen's fine. And he's fine, but, you know, he's, you know, he, 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 Josh Allen is good at what he does. He's just, he still has a lot of the accuracy issues. He, uh, like, I think, I ended up thinking Baker was a better pick than him. I still think Baker's a better pick than him. And like, um, and to me now taking Lance over Justin Fields, I'm just like, man, Justin's, he's been accurate. He throws a pretty deep ball. You know, I mean, it's a nice deep ball. I mean, he doesn't underthrow, overthrow. I mean, he hits his he's targets. Not, not dead turnover on prone. He's not turnover prone. He's smart. And I just, he's fast. <laughs> I mean, he's strong. He's as big as Trey Lance. I mean, it, it all ends up being obvious what was happening, and that's the the epilepsy issues that you know we found out about. Nobody can come out and say that. No general manager can say, "Well, he has an epilepsy issue, so I'm not taking him." And it's obvious now where all that other BS was coming from. Yeah, that, you know, it's that they're just making excuses at this point because they would not want to draft him for something that he, has never been an issue so far for him. But right. you know, and that's you know risks and all that stuff that comes with it. It's why, you know, the guy the Browns drafted in the second round, uh, the kid found of Notre Dame, it's, you know, he find out he ended up, he had heart issues, and that's why he ended up falling so much. So nobody's going to say that because you can't discriminate somebody for medical reasons, but, <clears throat> you know. Well, I mean, if you're not, don't feel safe drafting the kid, I understand. It was just like, it was a lot of, a lot of stuff was made up about Justin Fields to try to, you know, make that exactly. a possibility. And I think that, they didn't have to say anything about the Olympics. They just don't have to say anything. Being like, I don't get where, you know, you just tell the Mel Kuypers of the world and the the McShays of the world. It's like, well, we really like Justin Fields, but we really like this guy too. Yeah. And, you know, it's a coin flip. And we don't know which one we're going to go with. Like, I mean, why why come up with, oh, well, he doesn't have good work ethic and all this other stuff that was obviously stupid and BS. And it's just like. Character assassination to just justify not drafting someone. It didn't make any sense. Just say, this is our guy. Like you didn't have to have a reason not to draft yeah. Justin Fields, even though you're correct though. It, I mean, 
from my standpoint, it would probably be the epilepsy concern or <laughs> the crazy ass. No Ohio State quarterback's ever been good in the NFL. Yeah, that argument's starting to drive me nuts, too. It'd be like, you know, we've never right, several things. You it's not a system. It's, there's no system. They, all these guys have been Jim Trestle, Urban Meyer coach two different ways. Ryan Day know. coaches Earl Bruce coached a different way. They're not. It's not the same system. I mean, Woody was literally three yards in a cloud of dust. Right. I mean, the guys. He basically for several years till they got Art Schleister, there was a fourth running back on the field, and that was the quarterback. Yeah. He, he could throw it the two times a game that Woody threw the ball. Like you know, it was. But they just played option football. It was uh, literally. He was the fourth running back. I mean, yeah. Courtney Green, love him. Rex Kern, love that those guys for what they did for Ohio State. But again, they were basically just running backs playing quarterback. You're right. right. Yeah, yeah, sure. And uh, <coughs> um, it, so and then you know all these other guys. But yeah, they don't run the same system. They never ran the same system. You know, Ohio State has been notorious. They've gotten some really good college quarterbacks, but a lot of these guys have never been. You know, they were. There's no, I mean, Ohio State, after they take maybe some of our blinders off as fans, I mean, deep down, we know none of these, a lot of these guys were never going to be the top level pro quarterbacks. They were never asked, they were never in offenses that were, right. you know, they were asked to do a lot of different things. They're not in NFL type offenses. Ryan Day is a much different coach. He's actually been the most pro ready coach that we've ever probably had that understands a lot of those concepts that what makes a good pro quarterback a good pro quarterback. <clears throat> and now we're getting quarterbacks that are kind of more on that level. Yeah. Well, and the thing is like, you know, if you look at the history, history, Art Schleister and Dwayne Haskins are your two projected first rounders before Dwayne. You can say all the crap you want about Bobby Hoying, Joe Germain, Troy Smith, Terrell Pryor, yeah. Braxton, JT, who wasn't even drafted, Cardale Jones, who was a third string quarterback. Like these weren't guys that, Oh, they, you know, they're high NFL draft picks and they bust. Like the only one I think you could argue out of there might be Troy Smith. And he got drafted in the fifth round, like mm. no one fourth round, fifth round. Yeah. One, one of the two. And, and a lot of people don't re realize that, you know, he, he had those health issues that ended up, you know, the only reason why Flacco ended up jumping him. I mean, there was a lot Troy of, Troy wasn't healthy. There was a lot of talks that Troy was going to be the starter. And, you know, I mean, the Ravens loved Troy and, you know, who, so if it wasn't for that and that de kind of derailed his possibilities, you know, and no, Troy could have ended up being a good NFL quarterback. Why not? But, but that's the thing. It's like, it's like, oh, they have this history of bad quarterbacks. It's like, so does every college. Every big college has a history of terrible quarterbacks. Ohio State, for some reason, though, is crucified for ones that were never supposed to make it in the pros. Like, yeah. they were never meant to be high draft picks. No. JT Barrett wasn't drafted. Like, why are you criticizing Ohio State for JT Barrett not making it as a pro? No. Like, no one. <clears throat> I mean, it was the thought on JT was he's either a seventh round pick or he's undrafted. Yeah. And a lot of those guys that might have ended up being good pro you know, JT beat a lot of them in college. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> like, like you know, I say, mean. Say what you want, Sam Darnold. JT Barrett beat you on the field, though. Yeah. And I know it's more the defense than JT in that game, but. But still, I mean, these guys, a lot of these guys that were the, you know, Connor Cook, you know, back in 14. Where is he? He was supposed to be, uh, you know, this great uh, NFL quarterback, you know. Where's he at? Well, Jerry's still out on Tua. AJ yeah. McCarron didn't do much besides be a uh, backup. Yeah. So yeah, okay. Well, you got Bart Starr and Joe Namath at Alabama. 
I mean, you still get stuff from Michigan fans about how great Tom Brady yeah, is. Tom and, Brady. And I'm not arguing about great for Tom Brady's, but he wasn't even the first choice in Michigan. Everybody loved <laughs> Drew Henson over him. And uh, I mean, he almost didn't get drafted. If it wasn't for the Patriots to uh, take a flyer on him in the sixth round, uh, you right. know. You got one guy. I mean, I got to take flack from Michigan fans because of Jim Harbaugh and Elvis Gerback. Like, <laughs> no, I don't. Like, you don't have a huge line of successful NFL quarterbacks. No one does. Yeah. I mean, exactly. what? Who did Clemson have that was successful before Deshaun Watson? And he still never won anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Deshaun Watson's a good player. Like, he was great in college. Yeah, but I think Trevor Lawrence will be good in the NFL, too. But, I mean, Taj Boyd was, like, the best quarterback that Clemson ever had. And he wasn't he wasn't an NFL quarterback. Yeah, exactly. I mean, actually, the the school that probably had the most success with quarterbacks in the NFL, I mean, I'm not going to go through it, is Purdue. I mean, you, when you think about, you know, Greasy and uh, Breeze, and you know, I mean, I think, and you know, Phipps and Danielson were lower tier, but I mean, those two—they've had two guys that at least had long playing NFL yeah, careers. Yeah, like your what, your Kyle Orton in there? That yeah, it's yeah, almost, he had a career. Yeah, and you know, I mean, some of these guys, I mean, who, who like Alabama? <laughs> I mean, Joe Namath's been your best quarterback. Like, and Bart Starr. Like, Bart Starr wasn't, I don't think he was thrown all over everybody. No, they played in much different NFLs. Like, <laughs> I know it's just, it's, it's maddening. It's like, it's just one, it's one position. It's only one player that comes out of one school. Like you're all schools are going to have more failures than not. Yeah. And then, yeah, you're, I mean, it is a correct argument or correct statement. Ohio state has not had one. But I mean that's and probably when you probably if you break down the NFL probably where probably the most successful quarterbacks have been have either been on the West Coast or they've been in Western Pennsylvania because yeah that's true yeah like you know but that's not one school yeah and that's multiple schools and that's just you know I mean Western Pennsylvania had like four or five and then you know I what was Jim Kelly's big joke is I think we all drank Iron City or whatever yeah <laughs> <laughs> so. I know it was just I. It just drove it drives me insane though because all schools have the the same problem, but Ohio State's the only one that ever hears crap about it. Yeah. Um. Now, so Alabama ended up, uh, and Ohio State ended up having tied for most uh, kids drafted. Alabama yep. had an unbelievable run. Uh, was it eight and third? Eight and thirty-eight. Yeah, me. I mean that's crazy to think about. I mean. Great team. They won the national title. Yep. Uh, Shows that they deserve loaded. it. I mean, they were loaded. Um, but so a couple guys that we were a little surprised with drops. I mean, I, I thought Wyatt was going to go higher than he ended up going. I, I felt he was one of the best guards in the draft. Uh, I just, I, that one still kind of, I mean, I know there's inconsistency with the COVID year and everything, but I, I just proved himself the year before. I though. thought he was dominant though. When he was in. I mean, he got hurt a couple times. Maybe that was the knock that he's not healthy, but I think he had surgery. So I don't know. He got hurt a couple times, but when he wasn't hurt, when did he, what did he do wrong? Yeah. And then I think we were a little surprised on Sean where, how far down Sean fell. We There was some real, like, I think travesties in this draft. I mean, Trayvon Grimes didn't get drafted. You you gonna tell me that guy's not a draft like draftable wide receiver? Mm-hmm. Um, Sean, you know, went fifth round. I don't know. I don't know if there was something else there. Like Sean Wade, I don't he 
I don't think he's a fifth round talent. I think Sean Wade should have been drafted much higher than that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think he was probably a day two guy. He's a second or third rounder. And I, you know, we kind of wondered if, uh, if Randy's, uh, well, I don't think, but Randy, like, I don't think Randy ever did anything wrong. I mean, he was supporting Sean. He never like was like, Oh, you guys like even, I mean, Sean made a mistake. Randy would call him out for it. No. So, but I think, yeah, I mean, and cause Grimes kind of had family stuff too, you know, when he left Ohio state and then his, you know, dad started getting real vocal. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe there was something there with like more vocal families that general managers were punishing. I don't know. It was just, no, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, that's like, and I don't know, like Marvin Wilson, he was undrafted, I think, which I thought he was always pretty good at Florida state. I didn't know. Yeah. I was kind of surprised that he wasn't. I mean, I thought somewhere in the draft, but I mean, Um, the Tommy Togi, I went, what, fourth round yeah i thought he i thought tommy should have went higher than that i mean i'm tickled to death the browns are the ones that drafted him i mean i, was, I think we <laughs> we like called it we were all like <laughs> yeah we literally both called it because we were you were over here and we both called it before he was taken it'd be like togi i boom because the browns came up and i'm like tommy togi i yeah and we screamed when I'm, the was... I'm thrilled for it i think he'll i think he'll do very well for cleveland i think tommy i still think tommy's going to be the steal of the draft I think Justin at 11, though, is great value for the Bears. Amazing value for the Bears. Sean Wade in the fifth round, I think, is a steal as well. So I think a couple of those Buckeyes, you know, falling down, they're really like some teams got real lucky to get them where they got them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then just Urban, like, you know. <laughs> urban being Urban, huh? So the guy, and I forget his name now, Um, the NFL Network's draft guy, I can't. Uh, yeah, I don't. Um, he didn't make a, Jeremiah something. Yeah, right? yeah, he made a good point <clears throat> that Urban needed to be careful with uh, taking guys that he he recruited and were five star guys. And you know, outside of I think the the first five guys outside of uh, the running back, um, I said name escaping me, uh, the kid from Antian. Uh, oh, yeah. Outside besides yeah. him, I think every one of those out of his first five picks were all five-star kids and you know and he said hey you know the star game doesn't necessarily matter anymore it's uh you know i mean these are guys that have matured at different levels different types of players you're drafting you're drafting for need more than you're drafting for you know hey let's take uh you know yeah the best player on the board is great for first round maybe second round but once you get past that you need to yeah, start get the best player for what you need you need to who's your best i need a i need a left tackle or a center who's the best guy on the board and so um i thought he brought up some good points uh and he said it's been one of the biggest issues college coaches have always had when uh transitioning to the nfl that goes a lot further than just the star ratings and a lot of times they get fixated on that you know especially big time college coaches that are used to recruiting five and four star kids yeah you know that you know you're looking for a lot different types of things and you know you might have had a great rapport with him four years ago when you tried to recruit him to the school you were coaching at but you know there might be 10 players better than him right now at the position that you're drafting at and you know you should be taking one of those 10 players if they fit in need better. Yeah, no, and I completely agree with that. And I like, I thought ETN was a reach in the first round. I didn't think you needed him. I don't know if it was just something like to pair him with Lawrence or something like that, but 
I mean, you have two running backs on your roster. Yeah, right? they didn't like, need or... you didn't you didn't need to take him there no. unless you're gonna you know shop one of those other guys now that you have on your roster. And so I, I I didn't get that. I mean, I'll give Urban the benefit of the doubt for one year. Um, I mean, he got Trevor Lawrence. That was the. <laughs> I mean, it was a smart. It was the. It was the smartest pick in the draft. It was the no brainer. I mean, I felt like you know maybe. I was wondering what his thought of Justin Fields was. I always thought if he didn't take Trevor Lawrence, it was going to be Justin Fields, but I was assuming he would take Lawrence. It was just the safest, most sure-handed pick. A pick he was never, he's not going to get fired for. So, you know, uh, did he he draft Luke Farrell too high? I kind of think he did. Uh, I mean, I like Luke. I mean, and who knows? Maybe he didn't. I mean, he might know stuff that, I mean, obviously he coached Luke. Yeah, he knows. Buckeye tight ends, they don't catch balls in, in college, but they get drafted yeah. in the NFL. And, you know, I mean, they're legitimate talents. And, you know, yeah. anytime Luke didn't drop much, but he, the, the three passes that were thrown at him were probably all touchdowns. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I mean, every time I can think of an Ohio State over the last 20 years, an Ohio State tight end that's not Ryan Hamby catching a pass, it's for a <laughs> touchdown. So, like... <laughs> Oh, Hamby. Like, literally, I, that's, they're probably, they probably have the highest ratio of catches to touchdowns on the team because literally every pass that gets thrown to them is a right, touchdown. Right. It might be two balls all year, but they're both touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Like, Hireman, Vanette, that's all those guys ever did was catch touchdowns. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. Ohio State. They they need to use the tight end more, but I mean it's hard. And I, well, I the think, offenses that they recruit now, like you know. Well, that's the thing is I like I think there's room for it to happen this year. I mean G Scott's making that transition. It's kind of like he kind of saw maybe like Kyle Pitts did, you know, and even like going back like what Jimmy Graham could do or yeah. Kelsey or you know Gonzalez Gronkowski, whoever you want to say, you know, he made that transition. It's just like I, it's just so hard to demand the ball. When you have three legitimate, you know, wide receivers on the field with you at the same time. No, exactly. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Urban does now coaching these guys. I know a lot has been made this week with the Tebow signing. Um, you know, I mean, I think it's a lot of a lot of nothing being thrown out there. I mean, I saw the whole comparisons to, you know. You get the ones all oh, Kaepernick. Kaepernick can't still find a team. I mean, like they're they're at different positions. So it's an apples to oranges comparison now. Right. If Colin wanted to go be a tight end somewhere for and the so, league minimum for the league minimum, and somebody chose Tebow over him, okay, I will listen to that argument any day of the week. Maybe he's a better would be a better athlete prospect than Tim. <laughs> I don't know, but I'll listen to the argument. I'm not going to listen to an argument on a quarterback that still wants to be a quarterback. I think Colin. I do think it's kind of crazy that Kaepernick has not ever been picked up by another team that I as a, in a backup role somewhere. I think I'll listen to that argument right. any, any day of the week, but I, I'm not going to listen to the arguments Tebow against Kaepernick when they're not even attempting to play the same position. Well, right. No, exactly. There is no argument there. And what you're saying is like, I'll listen to it. If it's like quarterback versus quarterback or, you know, a different position, even though why would, I mean, Kaepernick, I don't know if he's any good at tight end. I don't know if Tebow's any good at tight end. So why why would that be an argument? But I mean, Colin Kaepernick wasn't Andrew Luck out there. Like no. I don't I think people tend to forget that every now and then because he had a Super Bowl run. Like 
Tim Tebow had a shorter run in the NFL than Colin Kaepernick, but they had a lot of the same issues. Yeah. Kaepernick might be faster than Tim Tebow, sure, but, you know, it's not like he wasn't head and shoulders above Tim Tebow as a quarterback. Yeah. Tim so, Tebow has a couple national titles and a Heisman Trophy. Yeah. So, record. I mean, I, I, I think, I don't think Urban picking up Tim Tebow as a tight end for a league minimum is any big deal. It's nowhere near the big deal that some people are trying to make it into that. No, uh, no, I mean, no, that's, he's either going to succeed or he is not. And if he doesn't, you know, and it's not much of a loss if he doesn't. And, you know, maybe if he's got awful this year and Urban keeps him on, then okay. Now that you can start arguing and be like, you know, that he's taking a roster spot away from somebody that could actually be good. Right. But if he's not, if he, if they, if he's not good and they ended up just dumping him and like, it's just league minimum, whatever. I mean, and if he ends up being a good player for him, I mean, and I mean, it's a steal. So like as a yeah. tight end. So like, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think the argument was kind of stupid this week from just hearing some of this stuff. I mean, like I said, you you can't compare a, a quarter, a guy who still wants to play quarterback against the guy who's saying, I'll be a tight end. Like, you know, absolutely two different positions. Uh, you know, there is no, the argument starts and ends right there. Yeah. That's it. Like, like once are, Kaepernick is like, well, they won't let Kaepernick be a quarterback. No one's letting Tim Tebow be quarterback. Yeah. He's yeah. playing tight end. Urban Meyer brought Tim Tebow and said, you're going to be my quarterback over Trevor Lawrence. And you know, Urban should be fired. Like right, <laughs> immediately, like, <laughs> right there. Urban's gone. <laughs> like, but so that ain't happening. And, uh, so I, I thought some of that was crazy. I, I, I do think there's more legitimate stuff on the, you know, Urban needs maybe watch a little bit more what he's drafting and not drafting. I thought that guy brought up a good point on NFL Network. Then like, you know, stop, uh, thinking back to these five star kids that were right. five stars, you know, what did they do in college and compared to well, who's what, on the know, board? What are their ceilings? Like, you know, what are they going to do with the pros? Do you really need them now? Yeah. at that pro level is this really a need for you so yeah he does have to start considering stuff like that and you know just to real quickly go back on that tebow thing if jt barrett's on the jaguar sideline in any more any different capacity than a coach then urban's going to be in trouble so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he, he's gonna work out with the cowboys yeah hey jt could be jt was a bruiser if somebody wants to bring him in as your uh go score a touchdown in the red zone running back. <laughs> like <laughs> maybe, I don't know. He, he's probably gonna, I mean, I don't know. Jay, hell. I mean, the guy never, I don't remember him ever getting tackled for a loss. <laughs> I was, that's yeah. Poss right. Possibly. Yeah. All right. I think we'll, uh, we'll sign off on that. Unless there's anything else you want to touch on. I'm good for this week. Short news. I mean, the one thing we haven't had a lot of news the last couple of weeks after spring, uh, but we're getting into summer, so you know that's going to start picking up, and uh, as they start chugging away to the season, uh, I was talking to our father this morning, and I said it's kind of weird that they're already like I, I told him like it seems weird that they're already scheduling time slots for the games, but now you're thinking, but then you realize that we're halfway through it's not May, not that far, man, and they're literally just three months away almost from kickoff. So. Yeah, it's not that far. I mean, JT Tumalau is still unsigned; he's still out there, so. Hopefully the Buckeyes can reel them in. I'm not, I'm not getting overly excited for that one. So we'll, uh, we'll see once we can finally get them on campus if we can, you know, lock that down. Yeah. All right. Let's get on out of here. All right. Well, thank you everyone for stopping in today at the Buckeye bar. I'm John. And I'm Mike. Oh, wait. I owe.